This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's one of those moments you'll always remember, March 11th, 2020. It was the night that the president banned travel from Europe. Tom Hanks tweeted that he tested positive and the NBA suspended the season indefinitely. It all happened so fast. I mean, I was already ready for my own lockdown. I'd stocked up on uh, the essentials for, for months, but that night was the turning point where I think the rest of the country realized how serious things could get. And within 24 hours, just about every other sport followed the NBA's lead, starting with tennis and soccer that morning, then the SEC and NCAA, March Madness was off, then the NHL, NFL, MLB, PGA, all canceled within a day. Then the next day, Formula One, NASCAR, UFC, EA Sports canceled all of their live offline e-gaming. The next day, without sports to bet on, when was the first Vegas casino to shut down its sports book and poker room? So in the last two plus months, the closest thing to sports that we've seen was a Michael Jordan documentary which is good, but fans are getting desperate. The Davy Day traders of the world are turning to the stock market to place their Wall Street bets. So now, as the states are trying to figure out how and what to reopen, a lot of people, they're they're putting sports very high on that wish list. The governor of New York, uh, Cuomo, wants to uh, work with the leagues to find a safe way for sports to come back. Texas and California also want to do that. And I am predicting a wave of announcements from the various leagues that are going to flood the news with their plans to return almost as fast as they went away. Yesterday, Charles Barkley said he was 100% sure that the NBA would be playing this summer, and he said the MLB and the NHL would as well. So today on Dumb Money Live, we're preparing our portfolios and picking the stock market's biggest winners for the return of sports. This is Dumb Money Live. With Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we want to help everyone know that we're on right now by smashing the like button, keep the chat going, and we'll get to as many of those as we can. I've actually created a new button that's automatically going to notify our Discord group. And uh, where else do I have it? I have it going to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. When I push this button, let's see if it actually works. Maybe. Took a lot of programming to figure that out. Anyway, I did ask our Discord community yesterday what stocks they were watching and topping the list, Disney for ESPN and potentially NBA games during the, you know, happening at the Disney uh, theme parks, DraftKings, uh, Penn National, others like Nike, Comcast, AT&T, Roku, Apple, and one off-radar pick, it's the back-end software provider for an online casino and sports betting app, and we're going to be talking a lot about that. Plus, stick around until the very end today because we're going to be revealing a new trade completely unrelated to sports. And that's one that I haven't made yet, but Chris, you this morning 
You've been you've been actively trading already. Yeah, yeah, Dave. I've been. I'll tell you what I've been doing over the holiday weekend is I've been actively researching and engaging on the Dumb Money Discord group. I mean, how how impressed are you with this Discord group? It's like it's like my dream has just materialized after decades of wishing for it. And guys, if you're if you're fo- if you're watching today's show and you're not on the Dumb Money Discord, what, how do you get to it, David? You made a quick link. If, dumb a money quick link TV. to automatically get an invite. If you go to dumbmoney.tv slash discord, you'll be invited. It is some of the best observational awareness, intelligent sharing, um, investment ideation, and social ARB research that I have seen in my life outside of my core group of ticker tag, you know, Jordan, our core group of ticker tags analysts who spent six years training on social ARB methodology and research. Um, I never dreamed that a community could pick up this methodology so quickly. I'm so proud of everyone in the group. I'm even more proud that my top pick for today's episode, uh, a trade that I went Pretty deep on this morning, wouldn't you say? Fifty thousand shares of you, yeah. You went way stock? deeper than I did. I think we both independently were researching this, and you probably went deeper in your research, and you definitely spent more money this morning than me. You bought almost a million dollars, about seven hundred. I don't know, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars trade. We're not going to say what it is right now, but if you're on the Discord community, I did put it out there uh, in our dumb money uh, trades, the so dumb money I, trades I channel. A few minutes before the show. Um, by the way, before we get into this, can we just, I don't want to tease too much, but there are two other trades. One of them is fairly significant that have nothing to do with this episode. As soon as we're done talking about the comeback of sports and the trades that go along with it, we're going to announce that trade, those trades as well. So stick to the end. Um, I'm actually pretty pumped about all the trades I made this morning, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to talk about all of them. Look, can we just talk about sports in general for a second and when they're coming back? You guys have researched it. Let's talk about the NBA, the NHL. Uh, let's talk about golf. Let's talk about uh, baseball. So have any of you all read about that? You want to talk about when they're coming back, how they're coming back, how they're maybe in some cases going to be even bigger and better than we've ever seen the playoff system. And I think this could be one of the most watched sporting seasons in history right because we're so desperate for it we so appreciate it like we never appreciated it before um and it's a way for everyone the entire world to like collectively come together and share an experience uh you want to talk about it guys and and i just think this is the perfect time for this stuff to come back right like i mean it really a month ago when you were totally stuck in your house with nothing to do to have sports come back would have been amazing. Well, and also sports were interrupted in the middle of like this playoff season. And so when they come back, they're basically, I think all planning to queue up a bigger playoffs than they were planning on. So like, if you think of the, the NBA, what I've heard and read is that they're looking at the major television markets and kind of putting them all in the playoffs. Well, the, that's the NHL. That's the NHL that's doing yeah, the that, NHL right? is supposed to do like a 2014 playoff, which I think would be really interesting. Um, the thing is, we don't really know when all this stuff is going to happen. All of it's being bargained right now uh, because they're trying to have to figure out where they're going to play. They're figuring out how to isolate, how to do certain things. Um, I think I read that um, the uh, in baseball, they're actually renegotiating what players are going to get paid. Like they're taking a pay cut so that um, 
the whole thing can stay profitable for the owners. I think that's you know a, a concern is that uh, on average, I think they said that by not having fans in stands for MLB, that you're looking at a half a million dollar loss per game for each one of the owners, right? And so I think they're trying to, everybody's trying to work through some of these issues. And I think, you know, both sides um, in each one of the sports are, you know, given concessions to try to make sure that all this stuff happens um, because we really want it back. But but Jordan, I, I don't know. I, from what I read this weekend, it looks like, okay, yeah, they still have to kind of cross the T's and dot the I's on all this contract stuff. But I got a good sense for the fact that baseball is here. It's coming. It's, it's just a matter of, like, finalizing some stuff. That's going to happen. The NHL, I think that's pretty much finalized. Um, I think they came to, like, kind of a landmark verbal agreement. Uh, I think that is coming back. That's going to be really interesting. The NHL, they're going to include, like, yeah, 24 teams or something. All the major yeah. media markets that would have never have made it into the playoffs this year, right? Yeah, they're only, uh, they're only so, basically it's only seven teams. I think won't be in that playoff, right? And so I think those seven teams have to agree. Um, I think I don't know if that's happened yet or not. Um, and then I think they've got to like figure out what they're allowing as far as like family interaction with the players. Um, I don't know if that's finalized yet. Um, well, and, and in general, it it seems like we're we're going to like this this audienceless sports environment for a little while and that i think does a lot to television it does a lot to finding ways for the television audience to interact and that could be gambling so there's there's just so much going on yeah i mean it's kind of weird have you watched any sports without fans i've watched a few games um i've been watching korean baseball and then I've been watching. Uh, yeah, that that just screams desperation. Hey, you got to have something, right? And so I've been watching like bull riding and it's really weird to see something, somebody do something awesome. And then uh, there's just no fanfare on the side. It's right? almost like, are they going to bring back the idea of like the old sitcoms where you had a laugh track? They're just yeah, going to add in a, a fake audience track. track. That, uh, that would yeah, be, with, that would make it feel more normal, right? Yeah, maybe. Would that be terrible? Like I'm totally fine with it. I don't care. Listen, you know, I'm all about the Dallas Mavs, the NBA. I don't care how they bring it back. I desperately need to see my Mavs play in the playoffs. They're going to start. I think they. I think it's. They're going up against the Clippers. I think in the first round, guys. You have no idea how big this is. This is huge. People are desperate for this, and I can't wait to talk about the trades here. The trades are huge on this. Okay. Um, so we got the NBA coming back, July playoffs, it looks like. They're just finalizing. I think they're just finalizing some contractual stuff with Disney World. They're going to do it down there. No fans, whatever. I don't care about the fans, guys. This is just, we need this so bad. Golf is coming back, right? It's all coming back, dude. All at the same time. It's all coming back at the same time. I mean, dude, mind-blowing. It's like, mind yeah, blowing, it's, it's like right? multiple Super Bowls all happening at once. By the way, can I just say uh, I'm so happy? I'm just I just pulled up the uh, ch- uh, chat stream here that people are appreciating the crispness of our feed today. I, me and Dave <laughs> worked long. By the way, thank you, Dave. Dave, if y'all don't know, Dave has been producing. He was producing radio shows at the age of 11 and 12, like some of the biggest radio shows in the world. He is the master okay, now you're, producer, you're, and without him, that that's a, that's thank you a for hyperbole. Me through this, Dave, I finally got my <laughs> camera set up. Um, with my, to, so I can have proper, I have like Look five computers here to run this feed from my, from my room. <laughs> but 
It looks better, right? It looks fantastic. You're in HD today for the first time. I don't know why you chose to wear that outfit for your for your big debut. What because, what is that? Dave, it goes along with the trade, dude. When we when you hear the trade, and I know you know what the trade is, Dave. <laughs> it's all going to make sense. Well, all right. For what it's worth, the uh, the chat sense. room also knows what the trade is. They've they've already revealed it, and it's it's been on the screen. So let's just get right into it. What is the trade right, that right, fine, that fine. we both made Listen, this morning? First of all, I bought this shirt years ago. I was probably not totally sober on vacation, and I haven't figured out when. I have not worn it yet. I bought it like six years ago, and I was looking for a reason. And, you know, we're trading. We're talking about these plays, and there's no better shirt in my wardrobe to talk about sports betting in Jersey than than this shirt, right? So, all right, let's just get right down to it. Let's not get right into the big trade. Let's talk about the, the, the poo-poo platter of sports uh, coming back trades because there, there's some good ones and there's some great ones, okay? Let's talk about the good ones. I mean, guys, Disney's already up a lot, but it's kind of – listen, there's the reality of the situation and there's the perception of the situation, right? We can debate all day the extent to which sports coming back and Disney getting to air some of the stuff on ESPN – is going to maybe supplement their earnings and make not as terrible as it would be this quarter. But the reality is that investors don't care. They see Disney hosting the NBA championships. ESPN is back. We're watching it. People are going to buy ESPN, right? I mean, so, like, people are going to buy Disney, right? People are going to be watching ESPN. That's the biggest part of Disney. They're going to probably trade up Disney, right? Well, I think think people – are people actually just changing their subscription package to get ESPN or are they just going to actually have viewers again and then the advertising at ESPN is the upside for Disney? I think it's both, right? You get get more ESPN plus viewers once you get – How many many people turned off ESPN? I I mean, can you even do that? I would be surprised if people canceled ESPN plus. Yeah, ESPN well, Plus, they would have. Plus, yeah, yeah. But, unless like, that was the only thing you could watch. right now for the company, so, like, I can't get, like, super excited about Disney. Yeah, it's a positive. If you're looking for a reason to get back into Disney for timing-wise, you probably want to do it before this happens, right? So, yeah, I just yeah, don't see I mean, it's, it's a good thing for is, Disney. Can we yeah. all agree? Yeah, I mean, if it's good for Disney. I don't see as much upside for Disney as maybe some of these others that we've talked about, um, just because... Look, they've already made a run up pretty pretty well. Um, they're only what twenty dollars off of uh, pre-COVID. I'm pulling up Disney right now. I had. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's at one twenty right now. What were they at one fifty or something like that? One forty-seven. They're already yeah, back yeah, up no. to one twenty. Well, it's up, yeah. up to one twenty. All right, let's not waste more time on Disney. It's it's going to be a net positive for Disney. This kind of undebatable. It's, it's the most obvious one, right? Great. And I got my Disney. I'm, I'm comfortable yeah. with my Disney position long term. I put it back to where it used to be a couple thousand shares. I'm good with it. I, I don't want to think about that. I'm not making big money on Disney for this trade. Right. So what what are some of the other trades? Let's talk about one people might not think of. I don't know. I didn't trade it, but it's worth talking about. How about Wingstop? I mean, are people going to be ordering Wingstop's already done really well. For this They've whole done period. great. They order more wings because of the whole sports is back. More pizza? I mean, maybe. I, I I still like Domino's, and I think Wingstop is also you know, a, and they haven't actually done well. And I'm trying to figure out why. When when I cut to Chris, I you're now seeing my iPad instead of. Uh, <laughs> instead of Chris. It's a very odd thing we have going on here today. I'm trying ah. to get Chris back on the screen, but I think we can still hear you, Chris. So you can keep talking. Okay. All right. So all right. So listen. 
Listen, I felt like we got to talk about Wingstop and pizza because it goes with sports. I mean, if Buffalo Wild Wings was still a publicly traded company, I'd be trading it right now. Like, I'm sure it would be so beaten up, and I'd be trading it with sports coming back. That 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 is really the only publicly traded sports bar back in the day. We don't. Well, do really people have pick up big... B Dubs? Like, I don't know if you pick up B Dubs or if you just go to B Dubs. No, B-dubs. it's about going to B Dubs to watch sports. Here's the thing: there's really no publicly traded sports bars. There is yeah. one kind of. It'd be Dave and Buster's, my, my biggest short that I. And now out of like, would I go long Dave and Buster's to this for a week or two? Maybe, but I'm not. I'm just, I can't get myself to purchase Dave and Buster's stock right now. No. Um, but that would probably be the closest thing to a sports bar that you can trade, right? So if you think that people are going to want to go see live sports in a group setting, which they will, some people like not everyone cares about. Not everyone is as sequestered as we are. Dumb money, afraid to leave our house. Um, right, but like, there's a lot of people that are just like, screw it, we're going out into the real world, and it's just totally fine. And you know, maybe maybe Dave and Buster's does get some people back, but are you going to trade Dave and Buster's out of this? Well, I'm look, not. I mean, ninety percent of what they do, the the in store gaming, I don't think people are going to want to do, right? And so, if you have a handful of people going to get wings, maybe maybe they get a little bit of a lift, but that's not the one that I want. No, they're st- no, they're still no. they haven't really done the comeback. They just came back enough to mess up our options play, but. Not looking good. Well, I, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, out, I'm neutral. I'm not in Dave and Buster's right now. Like it's a, it's a stock I'll get, I'll short again in a second wave situation. But other than that, n- n- you know, I'm just out. Okay, so let's talk about some of the more interesting plays. This is where everyone is kind of moving in the market right now. I think this is where all the buzz is going to be the next, call it four to eight weeks. Um, sports is back. Sports is going to take over the news cycle. We know that, right? There's no way it's not going to take the news cycle. It's going to take over our hearts and our minds. And so anyone's going to talk about, uh, but we can't go see the sports. Um, but we still want to kind of like engage with each other as a community and quite honestly, entertain ourselves. Right. And, and, and listen, you can't avoid it. Sports gaming, right? Sports book. Betting on sports in America is a thing now. It is federally legal as long as the states approve it at the state level. It's been a big story. It's been a big story since the beginning of the year. We well, the fantasy, the fantasy stuff is legal everywhere, right? It's just you can't place bets on games and things like that. Um, but you can do your fantasy rewards um, across the nation, right? And, and as, if we look at... You can actually bet on sports in Jersey... Yeah. And yeah. Nevada, right, yeah. and a couple other states, and we got like 13 more states about to legalize it potentially. Um, you know, I think you can make a case that most states are going to have legalized sports uh, books uh, at some point in the next five, six, seven years. So this is a movement. This is a major, major movement. And if you look at, you know, like the UK, uh, it's become. So normal. You're in a sports bar. You're watching sports with your buddies, and you got your app out, and you're betting thirty bucks, fifty bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it is. You can actually, you know, you can come up with your own bets and like put them on social through these sports apps, and people will prove them on the spot and make a betting line for some fictitious bet that you put in the game with some weird thing that you came, you and your buddies came up with at a sports bar. They made it social and so engaging, and that's why people are so excited. I think about. 
the Penn National acquisition of Barstool because Barstool has that audience, that young audience who's super social. And those that type of audience is going to want to come up with their own betting lines and their own weird bets and they want to interact, right, in a group setting. And that's why everyone's so hyped on Penn right now. But yep. where do we think that the best bet is in that space? Because, guys, Penn is like – you know, I've been talking about this. I wanted to invest in Penn National. I just can't pull the trigger at these. It's like <laughs> double, tripled over the last, I don't know how many weeks. Well, right? and, and DraftKings as well. Last week. I mean, what do you feel about those two stocks, DraftKings and Penn? I mean, I, like, it's I, like, I like their businesses. I mean, Penn's kind of a junk. I think Penn's got a, the Penn's got the bigger, I think, growth um, in the future. Right? I think they've got a brand that they can uh, capitalize on. Um, DraftKings is what they are, um, and um, you know, as far as like nationwide, you know, they're the they're the biggest player in the game as far as you know um, fantasy sports. So they're yeah. they're national. But I think that both of those have gotten ahead of themselves. I don't want to own their stock just because they've already gone up so much, and I think that their actual business model is so heavily focused on spending money to bring new customers in, trying to eventually have lifetime value of these customers. It's to me, it's it's playing the long game. Yes, DraftKings will probably be just fine, but it's it's not really where I'm looking right now. And I think that the Wait, one that Dave, can, before we get into the one we picked, mm-hmm. let's just talk about this a little more because I think it's important. I don't want to write off Penn and DraftKings because the reality is we are in a new day of investing. Okay, yeah. we've been talking about this. The retail trader is in the power position. Okay. Um, this has not happened in a long time, if ever. It's been a very long time since this has happened. And it's not about what institutions feel about you know, the cost metrics of a DraftKings or a Penn spending too much money, and they're not going to make any money for 10 years. Because the reality is that young investors are willing to pay up, take on that risk, overpay in terms of valuation for companies that they believe will own the market in 10 or 15 years. That's why they overpay for Tesla, okay? That's why they're overpaying for all of these hot new kind of millennial stocks that the market's like, this doesn't make any sense. We don't care if it makes sense. It makes sense to them. And they're going to buy it. You know what? Because it doesn't matter if DraftKings makes any money in the next five, six, seven, eight years. They're going to keep buying it, okay? They're going to keep buying Penn. And that's why those stocks are interesting. Because if you believe that in 15 years, we have a multi-hundred billion dollar global industry of, of, of sports betting, and it's just so easy, wherever it's so legal, so legal and so easy and so social, right? And everyone's doing this on their apps. Like you want to own the leaders. The leaders are going to be worth at least tens of billions of dollars. And here's a chart more, that I, I love. This... Who knows, right? It's irrational maybe right now to think that far ahead, but that's how investors think, okay? And you ha- look at what happened to, uh, you know, Davy Day Trader, David Portnoy, right? He is, love him or hate him, the guy is super influential right now, okay? And, like, God, he's on CNBC, like, every week now. It's All the time, exactly. But this and, and, this and is a, a look at the number of Robinhood accounts that hold Penn stock overlaid with the uh, Penn stock price. And, and just look at that jump up to uh, right. over 100,000 people. It's, it's the 51st most popular stock on Robinhood. I love, I love this data. But think about this. They don't even... 
they don't even they're not even game they're not even gambling yet. No one's even really using these apps yet for the most part. The investors don't even understand what it's like to use these apps for the most part. Imagine in two years, in three years, when all these millennial and Gen Z investors are actually they're at bars and they're at parties and everyone's gaming on their phone on DraftKings or on the Barstool Sports app, right? Which is gonna be a gambling app likely for Penn National. Like think about how much they'll get behind these stocks then when they're even more engaged, right? So it's not, let's not think too rationally. I think those actually are valid trades here. And I think the difference is, do you trade them for a month or two and then get out? Um, or do you, you stay in for the long term? Well, you can make that decision later. Um, I almost, I was prepared this morning. I was prepared to take positions in DraftKings, and Penn National. I was totally prepared after a whole weekend of research until something happened yesterday. Yes. Um, right? And that something happened on the Dumb Money Discord group. Uh, and I had read about this company before, but I kind of like blew it off, right? It, and that's what the, the Discord group's so great. I kind of blew it off. Uh, Dave, you want to talk about it or Jordan, the, the company we're talking about here? Well, it's, it's a company that you just announced on that board that you bought your 50,000 shares of. It is... A very interesting company. It is the company that, and, and I hinted at the top, it's a company that powers the back end for all of the casinos that want to go online with both online gaming, the, the digital roulette wheel and, and whatnot, and also they power the sports book. So for so many of these smaller casinos and even larger ones, FanDuel is one of their clients and they, uh, they account for like just under 50% of the revenue. We're talking about GAN, G-A-N. That's the ticker symbol. It's everybody in the, in the chat has already been talking about it, but it's, it's a, it's a fascinating play because in addition to being software, which I love, they are a subscription revenue model and they're taking a piece of the action on every single bet, every single spin of the digital roulette wheel. And to me, this is, this is huge. It's a tiny company. They're out of the UK. They just, went public, their, their chart history doesn't go back. They haven't even updated their website. It, they haven't posted any news since September of 2019. I don't, it made me nervous getting into them, but I, I like them. See, that's what I like about companies like this. They don't have to spend a lot of money on advertising because they're B2B, everybody knows they have to use them. It's, you know, and they just, they just sit and collect money, right? Hey, and what, by the way, on today's episode, we're going to go deep into GAN, right? We're going to have this. We're, the next five, ten minutes, we're going to talk deep about this. The this reason high, that we did this. This is a high-conviction trade for us. Yeah. Um, Jordan, now Jordan understands software. You guys don't know uh, the company that we had together, uh, myself, Jordan, Dave, and our other buddy who comes on the show every once in a while, Lynn Critcher, um, was eCarless. And Lynn and Jordan started eCarless together. Uh, I joined them shortly afterwards, and Dave joined shortly after that. E-Carless was kind of the software data company that, or inventory management company that sat behind car dealership websites and car dealership inventory management, right? And you don't know who, you would never know who we were, but we powered all that, right? GAN is essentially the company that powers the digital wallet, um, the, the kind of sports book uh, odds engine, right? Um, the customer communication, customer management, the loyalty, and we'll talk about this in a minute, the loyalty program for casinos that exist online and merging that loyalty to the offline 
uh, loyalty program. So it there's a lot that has to happen for a casino to say, I want to start a sports book. I want to start online gaming and have it attached to my casino with all of my state regulations because every state is different, right? So you have to adhere to all the state regulations. I also have all these customers. I want to merge my offline customers with my online customers, okay? And I want to merge that loyalty program so people can earn credit no matter what they're doing with my brand, okay? I want to connect that to all my advertising. Like It is a tremendous amount of data, a tremendous amount of functionality that has to be put into those software layers. And GAN just happens to be at this company, right time, right place. They white label this stuff, right? For any casino, India casino, a horse track, big casino, or even an online casino like FanDuel. That's what's amazing. Guys, can you believe that? I I was so resistant because I didn't realize, I didn't even take the time to look into the history of GAN to even understand who their clients were if it weren't for our community that I will I pushed back on GAN. I was like, nah, I don't think they have an I don't th- think they have enough big clients and our community pushed back like, no, 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 they have FanDuel. And let's give a little credit to the person that brought this up, Fern1982. Fern1982 is the first person that posted GAN. And then we had some awesome comments by Flying Z, Samir, Valdens, uh, GB, uh, GBG5, the architect. Um, all contributed greatly, uh, Valdens, to the GAN discussion this weekend, uh, 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 Saban San. And I, I really, really appreciate that because it got my wheels turning. And I spent like eight hours going deep into GAN research. And there are some things that are so interesting about this trade, guys. GAN holds a patent, and it's a defensible patent, on the ability for a casino that has an offline brick and mortar presence with an offline loyalty program, which they all do. They all have, yeah. Okay. Penn National has it. They all do, right? Uh, MGM has it. Wynn has it, right? If you want to merge that loyalty program with an online loyalty program for, for, for gaming online, I, this is unbelievable. They have the patent and they actually won in court and defended the patent, which now means that essentially it is that much easier to defend the patent because what happens is, uh, you know, in court, they'll be like, oh, you've already defended the patent, you've won, so now everyone else has to adhere to it. So now they can kind of go in and strong arm every casino in the country, right, by saying, hey, if you want to do this and merge, you better use us, you better license us because otherwise we'll sue you. Now they got to be careful, they don't want to be seen as jerks. But everybody kind of knows that they have the ability to strong arm them. And we think, I think, that's why, in addition to FanDuel, and when we're talking about FanDuel, because FanDuel is actually a risk. They're 47% of their revenue at, at, uh, at GAN. And they FanDuel has an option to leave GAN. And they already put in notice a year yeah, ago. Yeah, they put in their GAN. notice, but they haven't walked away yet. So well, they actually, either... Better than that, they put in their notice, but then it, they let it expire last year. But so we don't know what happened. Maybe like they were in development. Their development cycle took longer to internally develop the tools that they were licensing from GAN. Or maybe who knows? Maybe they they were like, oh, we don't want to do this. And they just gave up on it. But at some point, you have to assume that they might lose a part of the FanDuel revenue because it's just a part of it. It's just the sports book part of it. Uh, The the other part of it is not. It it has like a four-year unbreakable contract, I think. But. But what's amazing is that GAN signed the deal with Penn National, 
uh, a couple months ago. Now, I don't know the extent of that deal, how deep it is, what it covers. I don't think they've released the specifics of the deal. But Penn National has a loyalty program, and we know that Penn National bought Barstool Sports. It's the Penn National has already said that they are going to release their gaming app, to sp- their online sports book, in Q3 of this year. There's a chance that GAN could be powering all of it, just like FanDuel, and get a piece of all of what would likely be someday the Barstool Sports sports book online for betting right and that they'll be powered by gan i don't know how i don't know how they could not use them for at least the part related to the loyalty program and all that stuff so this and by the way uh they've also said that they have a major casino we already know that they have one mgm deal i think with mgm maybe it's jersey but they they have a major casino deal they haven't announced they haven't announced who it is yet that's in the works i think they're waiting on you know licensing uh from the state uh, listen, I mean, Gan already has what's that? What's that casino in Oklahoma we talked about? The big one, Windstar, right by us. They already have them as a client. Like, yeah. I don't know how you could not use Gan. I've tried looking for other vendors to do what Gan does, and it looked like there might have been like one other, one or two other, but they didn't really even list that they did this on their website. So I'm confused as it doesn't seem like anyone else is really even in this business of back end management of these online sports betting apps at least not in the u.s so like gan is the, like, like the gorilla in this space sorry i, I went off for a while there guys <laughs> but like it's it's exciting it's exciting because gan is a 450 million dollar market cap company right and they and then they barely it. raised it what they raised like 30 million or something it's not like this is a huge company but they have the potential for becoming a huge company because they're powering the next wave of, I think it's going to be huge. I think that in America, we're going to see a complete change in the way uh, gambling has happened. And if you look at their uh, their own deck that they were using when they, I guess, were on a roadshow, they show the, the spike in the U.S. Uh, from 2018 to 2019 when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday. Um, they, you know, th- th- they're predicting their future growth based on, uh, up, you know, uptake from the U.S. market. Dave, they're profitable right now. They're profitable right now. And Jordan knows this better than anyone. Like, when you have this type of infrastructure in place as as a SaaS-type platform, your cost structure is mostly fixed, okay? Now, obviously, they're going to tweak. Like, Jordan, they would continue to tweak, right? Like, the development cycle and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure they've got development teams, and they're constantly, you know, trying to improve their products, Um but if they go from 30 clients, which is what they have today, roughly, I don't know, it's 20s to 30-something clients, to like 130, do you know how many horse tracks there are out there and how many small casinos that are out there that are Indian casinos? If, the, if we get 18 states live, 20 states live, 25 states live on sports betting over the next couple of years, two, three years, I mean, none of those, none of those casinos, those Indian casinos, none of those brands have the money or the resources or the know-how to develop full back-end software layers for for managing uh, an online sports book or online gaming or online loyalty, right? Well, it's, like, just, a, it's just an efficiency thing, right? I mean, think about it. If you, you could get a bunch of people creating these like front-ends that have you know all the bells and whistles and things like that, but if you have one company sitting behind that has already done all the really hard part, all the really technical things, um, well, just let them manage that part, right? Build your front-end and then you're off to the races. Yeah, uh, it, it seems pretty obvious to me. 
Um, listen, every single one of these states, people think, oh, DraftKings is going to own the market or Penn National or Barcelona. Is gonna, I think they're going to be the two monsters in the market. And by the way, don't count out MGM, right? Yeah. Don't count out, I mean, who knows who else in, in the casino game, maybe even like a win or an LVS, you know, maybe steps in the game in a big way. How about Caesars, right? Like there are a lot of players with a lot of money and huge loyalty programs. Like Caesars owns Harris, right? And they have a monster loyalty. You don't think they're going to get in in a big, big way uh, involved with this, especially once it starts, you know, getting into more states. But um, you have to understand, we might have a few leaders but don't think that Winstar is going to give up in their own backyard of Oklahoma and let DraftKings take all that online gaming. No way. They are going to be promoting so hard. And when you walk in that casino and all the commercials, all the billboards they have all over Oklahoma and Texas, you don't think they're going to be promoting their online book, right? Their online gaming uh, once it's legal to do so. They want to capture that business. All the local casinos want to capture that business. So I think maybe you have a couple, two or three market leaders that maybe take 20 to 30 percent of the market, maybe 35 percent eventually, 40 percent. This is in a few years. I think you maybe have 100 other players, 100 other uh, 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 casinos and racetracks and that are taking the rest of that market. And I think the bulk of those are going to be using a GAN. Um, and I think GAN might, even if they do a good job, might even be able to pick off one or two of the big guys like they did right now at FanDuel and Penn National and might be able to hold on to that business. Maybe not all of it, but at least sections of their software for a while. Um, and that's a really big deal. And by the way, how about, how about an acquisition target? Could you imagine? I mean... <laughs> MGM just buy get right you know like, uh, yeah instead of having to develop it yourself you, I would I, that's a that's a great point because I can't imagine that you're going to want to fire up the development team if you're an existing casino you're going to outsource and then you're going to acquire right I mean if you're DraftKings you're at 10 billion dollars right let's say this thing gets even hotter you're at 15 18 billion dollars as a DraftKings and just just dilute yourself a little bit and pick up again for a couple billion, and you know you could really mess up all the other <laughs> casino player. You could really delay the other casino. It's a smart move. That's what I would do. I mean, listen, if you can get approval, federal approval, to make that acquisition, um, that'd be pretty sweet, right? And, and if I were one of them, and you can pick this thing up for a billion, two billion bucks. It seems like a no-brainer. So there's lots of opportunity for GAN in terms of getting acquired in the near future as well. Is this a good time to say that we're not financial analysts? <laughs> we're not financial advisors. We are financial analysts. We're not financial advisors. Um, do not do what we do. We're just sharing our trades with you for education and entertainment purposes. We want you to learn how we go about thinking right. about and these trades. One of them, and you can pick this thing up Whoa. for a billion, two billion What's bucks. that? It seems like a no-brainer. Um, I don't know. What's where's that coming from? That came from my phone. How did my phone just turn on our show randomly in my pocket? That's that's wild. Um, I it may have been me because I just fixed the. You know how I tried to push that button and and tweet and Facebook and Instagram and I found a flaw in my uh, programming, but I fixed it and I just did it again and it I think worked. I haven't checked everywhere yet, but it could have somehow. Like launched. Did it call everyone on our uh, Discord? It did. Well, it, it sent them another uh, a thing to tell them we were live with the correct link this time because I, you know, I'm I. There's no way to test this until you actually push the button and and then you send it out to everyone. So I hadn't fully tested my programming, but I think I have it down now. 
We'll see. I, I have to go check Twitter to see if I if I tweeted the right thing. So uh, listen, the fan the fan duel deal for Gam that, that's the big risk, right? If FanDuel announces this quarter or at any point in the near future that they're dropping Gan, um, you know what? There's a small part of me that wishes that FanDuel would make that announcement, even though I, as much as I own right now, because I think if they made that announcement you would see GAN drop by like 50%, right? Yeah, yeah. 50%. By the way, if GAN was supposed to IPO at like six, four bucks, five, $7.50 was like the IPO price, it immediately opened up like double that. And now yeah. it's trading at 16, 70 bucks. By the way, oh, I forgot to finish what I was saying before. Do not do what we do. We, our risk tolerance is very different than yours. We're not telling you do these trades. We're like, hey, here's what we're doing based on our risk tolerance. And here's why we're doing it. So you can kind of, understand the, the thinking process, right? The strategy, the social art process of, hey, why is it that we like Ann so much? We like it because we think it's a weird company that just IPO'd a couple weeks ago. It's not on a lot of people's radars. They do a terrible job marketing themselves. Their website, Jordan, how bad is that website? <laughs> the the Gann oh website. Well, I think it's crazy that they haven't even bothered updating their website. The latest news story that they have in their investor section was September 2019. By the way, and then and that, I and that is a bought shares anyway. Dave, if they are that bad, if they are that bad at marketing themselves, you have to worry. I mean, the management of this company, the infrastructure, just the, their ability to keep up with things, it's a little bit unnerving. And like that's part of the risk of being in this trade is that they can lose FanDuel or maybe these guys just don't know what they're doing to that extent. Or it could or be just because they don't need to update their website, right? I mean, it yeah. shows all the pertinent information that you might need. And uh, they've got enough business coming in that they're not worried about it. And they're not used Hopefully to having investors. Case. But they, they have the full gamut of products, and they yeah. they seem to be legit, and we'll see. Yeah. But, but, I, listen, it, 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 I would say, listen, this is not a Peloton. Listen, this is not a Peloton in that, you know, we had pr- absolute confidence that for the next six to eight months, there's really nothing that could really take them down other than, you know, us coming up with a cure for this whole thing and people not wanting to be in their house anymore. That's a risk for Peloton. There actually are some a couple really big risks for GAN with having one client be half of your revenue, um, getting it, being in over your head like this, uh, like growing so fast. I mean, there's there's a lot of risk here, but let's say it's a speculative trade, but I would call it, I don't often do what I call a speculative high conviction trade, but for me, this is kind of like a speculative high conviction trade because I know the risks are big. I know I can I can get cut by 50% pretty quick in this stock. Yeah. But I think the upside, guys, is bigger than 50%. I think the upside is 3, 4, 5, 600% if GAN executes and this whole world just kind of the puzzle pieces come together over the next couple of years. Um, and we don't know that they will, but if they do come together, I think GAN is in this really nice like nice spot that when the market learns more about them. And by the way, you know, David Portnoy, I saw someone had an image. I was on stock twits um, and someone had an image of his screen where it had Gan as one of his stocks in his portfolio. So I guess that's a stock that he, I don't you, really You mentioned that. I, I went looking. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. Now, a question from uh, the audience. Noah Roth asks, did you read the S8 from May 5th? I did not. I I did not dig into their SEC filings. Did you, Chris? I did not go through the S8. Does he want to tell us what's in the S8? No, let us know. I I don't know if this is a related comment, but it's really bad was the very next comment that went through. Patent play is a big deal. 
I'll tell you what I did read. Um, I did read through, I think, uh, paragraphs that I think were pulled from the S8 that people were posting. And I think what he might be referring to are the P it's the risk statements related to um, uh, FanDuel. It's basically stating that FanDuel dropped, you know, put notice in to drop them last year. That was all out there we talked about just now. They also talked about um, one other deal related to um, their biggest, their second biggest client in the UK where they had to basically buy or they were given their sports book uh, and their online operations and they're having to try find the new operator to take that over. Um, I'm not at all concerned about either of those two things. Like I said, FanDuel is awesome. It's half their revenue, but even if they lose that revenue, uh, and they're not going to lose all of it, I think only $3 million of the FanDuel revenue is at risk. Uh, if they give notice and if they give notice, I think they have like, it's like a six month notice, I think six or nine months notice even. Um, and once they give that notice, so they have a pretty good timeline to kind of patch up that business with additional revenue sources. So tell us, did you read the, if you read the essay? Tell us what's in there. What's in there besides what we discussed that you think could be a concern? Are you seeing it? So I've pulled up the S8, and no, I don't have time to uh, to actually read and understand all of this while I will on read here. The but there's a bunch uh, of content, but sure. we will will definitely be following up. But, but if if you're saying it's terrible, tell us why it's terrible. Tell us what's in the S8 that you think is a concern. Throw it in the chat uh, and let everyone know, because uh, I know not everyone's going to read the S8 today. Yeah, and. Uh, in the comments, the big question is, Jordan, are you in this trade? Because they know that you're the most conservative of the three of us. Uh, I'm not yet. I probably will be. Probably will be. And how deep? All right. Jordan's going to read the essay for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't see myself purchasing more than like maybe like 5,000 shares. And it does look like that this S8 is primarily, at least most of the exhibits are around their uh, equity incentive plan. So I'm not sure if there's some red flag in there, but we're watching. Let us know in the chat. The, uh, the other thing, I mean, just the only concern that I'd really have, I mean, losing a big client like that is a big problem, right? Other than that, it's just regulatory. There is info. If they've got good regulatory roadmaps, then... Uh... You know, they could they could have a really good future. Exactly. Uh, what is two one four? Our buddy is that I was just reading a two one four interactive post. It's got to be Drew uh, or Terrence. Uh, <laughs> DraftKings exists because legitimate betting online is illegal. If legalized, DraftKings DraftKings is dead. I I I don't know. Well, they do I, both, right? So they've got they've got their um, uh, their fantasy, which is basically like. Yeah. It's online betting, but it's not. But since it's chance, it's not really betting. Yeah. You can do that nationwide. But they've also got their sports book, right? And so they do have a, a portion where if you live in a certain state, you can do um, yeah. full on gambling. So they do both. Yeah, the, the, these guys are all getting. Everyone that's in that business is all going. They're all going across the business lines and all planning to uh, be doing all. You know, listen, DraftKings is working deals with casino operators right now. They're all. They're all kind of connecting, partnering. Uh, don't think for a second that DraftKings isn't planning to do what they do nationally with full sports book and sports betting. Um, they absolutely are. Yeah, they're lobbying. We know that they're lobbying right now, right? So they're they're yeah. out they're out trying to make this happen. So I, I don't think that's true. That if they uh, if it opens up, that they're dead. 
Oh gosh, no. it just, it just yeah. helps them out more, right? They just have to spend they just have to spend more to acquire more customers, um, but they're yeah. in a good place to do that. Yeah, listen, and that's why I, I really don't even want to get into the game of what's the correct valuation on a lot of these guys, which ones are going to survive, which ones are going to be the leaders. You know, I, I think GAN is a really nice way. Uh, listen, I, you know I want to trade. I want to trade this cultural movement of sports gaming in America. Like, I have been looking at this space for so long. Gosh, I remember, honestly, I started looking at this space 20 years ago, waiting, waiting for it to happen. I always believed it would be a huge industry if it happened. Uh, sports, as you know, whether it's college football, basketball, professional sports, all of it, guys. I mean, sports is everything in America, especially at the college level. And the concept of making it so easy where everyone could have an app and feel good that they're not breaking the law, right, and they could easily place bets, it is a monstrous industry waiting to happen. And I think when I used to think about it 20 years ago, I never really considered the social aspects of it, right? The social aspects of it make it so much more fun to where you can literally make up bets about how many more penalty. Like if there's someone that's gotten a lot of penalties in the first half, you can make up a bet on the fly. How many penalties is that person going to get in the second half? That's what they're doing in the UK right now. Um, and you could submit it. And you, they'll literally approve it and, and put a betting line on it and people start betting on a bet that you created. It just makes it so much more fun, so much that more is fun. creative, so much more interesting. And that's and that's what really I think is going to be driving this next wave. It's it's just more accessible now. And where you used to have to do something shady and like log in through a remote server in another country to place your bet. Now it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go on this app that is run by my local or state run, whatever, state approved casino yeah yeah so, so true i think i think when people try and there's been a lot of debate about how big is the sports gaming market right how big can it get listen it's kind of like peloton um you can't just sit there and say this is how big the industry has been for 30 years so that's how big it's going to be that's ridiculous forget about the fact that it's going to become go from being illegal to being legal yeah. right theoretically um, in, I think, big parts of the country and pretty quickly over the next few years, especially accelerated because of everything we're going through now with all the money that states and municipalities are going to need in tax revenue, right? Forget about that. Sports fan, like Sports fans almost as dedicated as cruisers, right? <laughs> that, 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 that's real. That's Gambler's going to gamble. Yeah, I mean, you're just yeah, making things more accessible, not, yeah, right? Because not, like, instead of having to go to Vegas or go to Atlantic City or wherever you're going to go, you can just pull up your phone and do it, right? But Jordan, um, it's bigger than that because it's not just gamblers. It's not people that would have done it in a casino. The same way Peloton has brought people into that world that had no interest in spinning before, okay? Yeah. They did it because it's a cultural shift. It's a cultural movement. It's social. It's social, right? And did we just lose Chris and Jordan? Looks like you're both frozen. Think Connection lost. Oh, now you're back. You're back. Repeat. You, you froze up there. My internet okay, froze guys, up, I what guess. What I'm trying to say is the same way Peloton's bringing people in that never used to spin before into using a Peloton, it's a change in culture. It's a change in consumerism. That's what's happening to sports betting. That's what I think is going to happen to sports betting because it's not people that would normally go to a casino and bet on sports that are going to be using Barstool Sports app to make bets on sports. It's it's 
college kids that are having fun at a kid's apartment watching a game and everyone else is doing it. So you're going to throw 20 bucks. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by accessible, right? Because if you have some, let's say it's a bar stool sports app that people are just going to because they're generally interested in hearing what all these people have to say and what the community has to say. And then just as a side note, hey, do you want to spend 20 bucks on this little bet? Right. And it's something they've never done before, but they do it. It's just for fun. It's to be part of it, right? Listen, how many women do you know that get involved now with the um, uh, what do you call it? Like the fan, like the fantasy uh, football, like like, you know, like in those big things that you go to parties now, right? Yeah. You know, I'm talking about the fantasy. Like now, like every year, we're, we're going to multiple parties, right, with couples, like couples that were, and everyone's doing this stuff together, and you know. Some might not enjoy it as much as others, but everyone's kind of doing because it it's a social thing to do. Does that make sense? Like it just becomes something that you just kind of do. And I think this industry category can get much bigger than anyone realizes. And I think when that starts to show some signs of happening, and by the way, I think this is the next quarter when you're going to see more conversation about sports betting than you've ever seen because we have all this stuff with Barstool, uh, with Davy Day Trader coming back into sports, right? He's now part of Penn National. We haven't had any sports for three months. Guess what? By the time sports actually comes back, we would have been in a sports drought for like five months or six months, which is insane. And there's going to be so much media attention on it. And so much attention right now is on the stock market and trading. And you got to merge those two worlds because now these things that you can bet on sports or companies that you could bet on in the stock market. And I just think it's going to bring a lot of attention to DraftKings and the Penn National and to all the companies involved, as well as this little known company, GAN. I think it's going to start to get more media, more attention in investing circles. And that's part of our social arbitrage methodology is we want to try to get ahead of those cycles, right? And that's it. That's the trade. Um, it's risky. Um, the stock can get cut in half very quickly with one announcement from FanDuel. Yeah. Uh, I'd welcome and, that. I would and for what it's that. worth, I, I think I got in at the absolute worst time today. I, I got in at that all-time high, and then it took a big drop, and then it went back up. So this is this is looking great for me so far. Not. Um, and like, I also wanted to look like at my other chart here. High? I mean, where's it at? Is it up how much today? Oh, it's – well, for, for me, it's not up much. I mean, I, I bought up at this peak here, and then it if went down. If you're trading GAN for the day, you've got the wrong <laughs> Dave, no, I'm definitely not day trading I GAN. Buy, I always buy at the peaks. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> worst timing ever. But it's because it's because I hear Chris talk about it, and I'm like, oh, let me get in. So this is not the time to buy it. Buy it when it drops down a little bit. But if you look, we can see no, that... No, you're not uh, telling anybody when to buy something, Dave. We don't do that on this show, remember. Well, so. Just don't <laughs> do what I do is basically what I'm saying. Never do what I do. But there is okay. a little uptick in, in, uh, in Robinhood buyers today. Well, here's the thing. I woke up at 8.25 a.m. Central. It's 9.25 Eastern. I started buying at 8.31, a minute after the market opened up. I think by 8.37, I was texting both of you guys about the trade, and we were on a phone call about 10 minutes later talking about it. Um, I was up till 3.30 again uh, doing doing my research last night uh, and and on the Discord channel. So... That's it. That's the trade. I don't care how it does in the next day or week or even month. I think I think for me, this is a trade uh, to arbitrage what I think is going to be a period of time, call it 60 to 90 days, when there will be a lot more attention on this market, a lot of debate. 
And I think GAN will benefit from that. We'll see if I'm right. I think they're going to have an earnings call at some point. I don't even know. What, do you know when their earnings call is? I couldn't even figure it out. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know if it's even been scheduled. Uh, I have to say, there's a lot of randomness. I've, I've got a big dash in the uh, announcement date on my phone. Oh, you do? Yeah, just, it doesn't say it all. Talk about the uh, tools section of our Discord channel. I am so appreciative to the people that contributed to this. I put together two spreadsheets um, and put them in the tools section. One spreadsheet is so dumb money social arm research tools. And we're just getting started. We have like 30 of them up there from obviously obvious things like G trends to uh, you know, gl- you know glass door to all the places you can go and research, uh, you know, do due diligence uh, for social arb trades. That is a collective thing that we want everyone to tell us, where are you doing research? What should we add to that spreadsheet? Let us know. We'll add it. Um, we also added a really cool, and this is, again, one of our, uh, one of our um, channel or server members uh, did it like, what's it called? The Dumb Money Calendar, basically? It's a, it's trades, a trades calendar, calendar yeah. Th- this is for information dissemination events, which more often than not are earnings calls, but it could be anything. Any time when we think there might be some dissemination of information on a trade that we're talking about and following – it kind of goes. It kind of goes in that spreadsheet as well, and and that spreadsheet I think is like completely open. Anybody can get in there and add to it. So, um, thank you guys. It's it's, it's exciting. As soon as and you say way, that, I have to take it off the Gan. screen because who knows that there's a bunch of people in it right now. We don't even have Gan as a uh, as a ticker uh, as its own separate ticker on the uh, Discord channel. We got to add that. Um, I'm, I'm sure the mods have already added that. They're they're on top of their game. So you, you know like. This is I love you know wanna know why I love this trade so much is because I really and it goes back, like I said, twenty years. This is just an area I want to play in. And I feel like I was behind the ball on DraftKings and and Penn National. And I missed them. Uh not that they can't go up a lot higher, because I think they maybe can. I think they could be the Teslas of this space. But I feel more comfortable, you know, with our software background, I feel more comfortable in GAN. And I think it's a way for me to feel part of this. And, you know, I, I love the second the NBA is back on, I'll be watching that 24-7. And uh, I love that I now have, have a play in this space. And so we'll see how it does over the next few months. And who knows? I could see myself actually staying in this one for a while, uh, depending how, you know, the industry develops. And and how many competitors could there be? Like, I haven't done all of the research, but it just seems like the – they were in the right place at the right time developing a back end that will be beneficial to all of these casino companies. And so here's not the be thing, there. Dave, you have to, when you're doing this, you have to develop state by state, right? And that's a lot of work to, to kind of fold the state regulations into yeah, your process. Sure. And it's really hard to do that with like one client or for yourself, right? But if you have a bunch of clients and they have a sales force. I don't know that anyone else is out there doing this with the sales force, but they might. I hope the Discord community does some work on competitive research because um, I would like to know personally. And by the way, when we when we find these things out, my trades are constantly changing. If we find stuff that kind of, you know, puts some more doubt, more risk in the equation, I might sell off some of my shares. If we find things that make me feel even more confident, I might even up my position from where it is now. But um, it's when you have 
multiple casinos, multiple racetracks, multiple big partnership deals that have casinos and racetracks in different states, you can put your development team on that, right? And they're constantly, before it even gets approved in that state, you can go as a, and listen, I'm a sales guy. I can go into uh, India casinos in that state where it's in the legislation, hopefully going to get approved in the fall and say, hey, we've been working on this. We already have it ready to go. So yeah. if and when it gets approved, we have the software platform ready to go. So where someone else isn't as proven, right? Like you're not going to start developing the software from scratch now, not even knowing if it's going to right, approve, get approved in your state. There's no way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's the perfect setup for like biz dev and sales to be the software kind of backbone for this this growing emerging emerging industry segment right because there's a lot of risk there's a tremendous amount of legislative risk in casino operators developing software for themselves if they don't even know if it's going to get approved but they want to go live as soon as it is approved or be prepared to go live right shortly after it gets approved which is usually probably months after exactly there is already a channel in the uh, tickers section of the Discord for GAN, and there's already a conversation going on in there. When we're on the air, we're mainly watching the uh, YouTube chat, but that's another good place to uh, to you know have this conversation and have it archived and you know specific to a ticker. If you're looking for a uh, invite, if you go to dumbmoney.tv/discord, if I can make this bigger, that's that's how you can get into the channel. And uh, there you go. That's all I have. Okay, so um, gosh, guys. By the way, I just want to say, is first of all, is there anything else we want to say before we go on about this sports theme today? Do we miss anything? Is there anything big? I know some people are talking about some of the other media channels. Oh, how about Roku and Netflix? Could they be potential uh, shorts here? I don't, I don't. I don't know. I think that you know. Roku is the new way you're getting your television, whether it's live or on demand, and you have other, you know, the other players. You have yeah, Directv, uh, AT and T. You know, you everybody's going to benefit from having live sporting events, mainly from an advertising. All these people who got hurt from advertising pullbacks, everyone is going to want to advertise on television during live games, right? So I think that there's that's how they're going to come back. And I think someone could make a case out there that Netflix would see some uh, subscription cancellations if sports is back. And you're like, oh, I, I worked my way through Netflix. I'm gonna. F I mean, I think that's a reach, though. First of all, you can really cancel Netflix because you can watch sports. Also, most people are not just living alone; they have someone else with them. So maybe one person in the family likes watching sports, but that means you're home a lot more, just watching sports away from the other person. The other person has to find other stuff to watch, right? On Netflix or whatever else. Yep. So I'm not selling any of my Netflix here. Uh, I don't have a huge Netflix position. I have a reasonably sized Roku position and I'm not selling any of my Roku. I actually want to talk more about Roku maybe later this week or next week on another episode. Gosh, there's so many things for us to talk about this. I feel like we need to have <laughs> six episodes this week. Um, I, we're going to debate what our next episode is on Thursday because, Dave, I have so many ideas for I next know. episode. Um, but All right, So here's a, uh, here's a sports opening one that, uh, that was actually mentioned by a viewer. Um, let me see if I can figure out their name. Cowboy Benny. MSGS, Madison Square Garden Sports. Um, yes. Thinly traded. Um, kind, of a, kind of a weird play, but they're still down, right? They're still down probably 30 or 40%. Um, and they own... 
a portion of a lot of the um, New York teams, right? And so, okay. but they also they may also have some exposure to esports um, and a few facilities. So, um, it's interesting. I'm worried that uh, still ownership revenue is going to be down um, in a no yeah. fan environment. So, I'm probably not going to trade this one. But I do think it was an interesting call out um, and something that you probably don't really think of every day. You can actually buy a chunk of, um, you know, NBA, NHL, you know, baseball teams. Uh, and here's a the thing, Jordan. Stock. It's a pure play now because they split off from the entertainment division yeah. that owns Madison Square Garden and uh, where the Rockettes play and all these clubs in Vegas, right? Like they, they used to own a lot and, and the new big one going out in Vegas, like they used to own all these huge, huge like arenas and stuff, right? So they split that off into its own stock, which is like MSG Entertainment. Yeah, MSG, and, like, the yeah. Yeah, the original MSG, from what I understand, is you're literally just buying stock in the New York Rangers NHL team. In yes, the New MSGS York is, what, is the ticker, MSGS. Yeah, so you're getting the Knicks, you're getting the NHL, you're getting the two like farm league teams or whatever, and yep. then you're getting an eSports team, right? So like yep. that's what you're buying. So it's literally like a pure play on that, which, you know, and by the way, like the, the Knicks – and the Rangers are terrible. Like they're not. They're, not, they're, they're, they're valuable teams because in the New York market, they've yeah. had a terrible ten years. So, like, but perhaps you know they get a. It's an interesting thing to think about when sports are coming fully back. Um, but for now, like you're right, Jordan. They're they're not going to see the revenue because they're not getting paid for a lot of the stuff they would get paid for normally from ticket sales, right? Uh, TV, uh, who knows? I mean, they're going to get some TV revenue. They'll get some TV revenue. Well. Also, they've been renegotiating, at least MLB. I haven't read um, this on any of those other sports, but they've been uh, working with the players to actually cut um, their pay a little bit, which might help the owners a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be enough to cover that $500,000 a game of yeah. lost revenue. Well, um, yeah, and I, there are also some teams you can buy directly, right? There, there's some that, like uh, one of the viewers, uh, Duncan Bannon, said Manchester United. So it's sure. there, there, there are other ways you can buy into teams. And I think there are some uh, U.S. teams as well that have either a portion of uh, the, the team is a public publicly traded entity. Well, not publicly traded in the U.S., I don't think. I know, you know obviously you got, you know, the pack, you know, what was it, the Green Bay Packers or whatever. But that's more. That's more. It's a different type of uh, ownership structure, and it's it's pri it's private. So I, I don't. I think Manchester United is kind of the, the the way to play that if you just want to own straight up or MSG. Um, if you want to own the Knicks and the Rangers and any and an esports team, right? It's not something I'm interested in doing right this second. But I do think they maybe get something of a lift. Uh, with sports coming back. And there's a trade here that I'm not really getting into, but there is a trade that is like, let's just buy a basket of these companies. Let's get MSG. Let's get DraftKings. Let's get, you know, let's get all of these kind of sports. Let's get Disney and let's just trade that basket. Let's arbitrage the, the comeback of sports over the next six weeks. Yep. Okay. Well, I think, I think this one, this, especially this one, if you get a vaccine, right, then that opens up full on, you know, fans in in, uh, in the seats and that whole bit. And I think that's where you could really make a play on this MSGS. Correct. But, but, but that's probably, that's vaccine? not this season. 
Yeah, without a vaccine, just the next six weeks, if you have a high degree of confidence, you know, professional sports is coming back. And I do, based on everything I'm reading right now, I do. Uh, there's there's a, a case to be made to get a basket of these stocks and to either lever up with options and just trade them for the next six weeks, get some, just trade the lift and just get out of them uh, right at the pop there, right? So yeah. it's not, I don't think it's a terrible trade. It's something, if I wasn't so distracted with all these other things I'm working on right now, I, I might do that trade. I, I'm so, I have so much anxiety over how many stocks are in my account. In my life, I've never had this many you, trades going you're, on. You're fact, way over diversified for, your, for you. Oh, I've, I've never seen anything I, like I feel, it. I feel like I have to be in these. Here's the thing. There has never been a moment in my entire trading career, 32 years, when there's been this much noise, this much confusion, this much distraction, this much dislocation of pricing and equities, the opportunity is massive. So, like, I'm, I'm looking at my I'm, I'm a sofa right here next to my bedroom, and I'm literally on that thing for four hours a night, five hours a night after my wife goes to bed, just doing research because I can't go to sleep. I'm up till 3.30, 4 in the morning sometimes because – there's so much opportunity, I can't even keep up with it. And that was before we launched Discord. Now we have a Discord-like <laughs> server, and we have some of the most talented, resourceful people in there, traders in there that I'm so impressed with. And they are throwing things up there that I'm just like, I have a notes like on my iPad, Dave. Yeah. I'm taking note. I had... 28 tickers on there just for me to research all weekend but i kept going back to the discord channel and i couldn't get to the research part of just me personally doing my own thing because they just keep throwing interesting ideas out there and god <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day to research all the opportunity right now there's like oh there's the what this company called like cola or something like, they're a, they're an rv company in sweden right and it's just like there's all this really interesting stuff happening and guys understand something What's happening to me right now and you in terms of just trying to work our way through this mess of opportunity, that's the way it is for Wall Street. That's the way it is for every hedge fund, every institution. The difference is that they're not willing to put in 70-hour weeks. They just, it's a job for them. They just don't even care that much, right? And they have this bureaucratic process that they have to go through to kind of change their decision-making functions inside of a fund to actually get into a new position or arbitrage something. And it's not easy. So it's like competing with a dinosaur yeah. in a t when the entire earth is just changing a thousand times quicker than it's ever changed. And like this dinosaur that's Wall Street is moving so slowly, but like we are nimble. And like our Discord community is nimble and we can move on things, right? And react very quickly. And there's just a lot of opportunities. So I can't stop. I, can't, I, I have too much. I know I have too much in my account. But I can't stop. And by the way, meanwhile, uh, you know, Chase, Chase uh, texted me 30 minutes before the show. And he's like, I think a second wave, you know, Chase is like our, our resident medical expert. And he has ins with, I'm not going to say all of his, with the some of the top medical people in the world, at some of the top hospitals in the world. And he's concerned about a second wave for various reasons that we're not going to talk about today. We did our second wave show, what, a week and a half ago. It was very depressing. But but like I'll talk. We want like now I'm like oh my gosh Jordan we have got to stay on top of the numbers of the second wave stuff like every night 
Have you seen anything? Yeah, I was looking at the numbers before the show. Um, nothing crazy. It's kind of hard to tell because Sundays are always pretty thinly reported. And then, you know, yesterday was a holiday. And so I saw a lot of non-reports. So um, generally looked down the last couple of days. But uh, I would take that with a grain of salt. I think seeing, stay on top of the next couple of days is going to be uh, key. Couple Every other... day, guys, we still we have a a, a server a, a server day right just on uh, just set up for or chat room just set up for one called Second uh, Wave News and the other is called uh, what is it Vaccine Vaccine, vaccine news. news Yeah Yeah So that is that is just an area to to kind of help surface anything related to hot spots or second wave data because if this starts to happen we need to get on it quick very quickly, right? We might have hours to a day or, or two days to to digest that information and react and adjust our portfolios and hedge. I am 125% long right now in my portfolio. And if we get these hot spots or it looks like a second wave is going to happen, I need to react and put a hedge on quickly. A couple of other things to look into as far as professional sports. Um, the Atlanta Braves through ticker symbol B-A-T-R-A, which is the Liberty Media Corporation. That's something to consider. They're also apparently uh, Formula One, according to uh, the chatters. How about WWE? Is that something that, that you'd consider? You know, no. du- you know, WWE, that's a stock that I used to trade a lot, actually. <laughs> Remember at Ticker Tags, yeah. Jordan, we used to trade them? Because, like, the, you could, we used to make these really tight, kind of correlations. Our team was really good at correlating like social views on YouTube, WWE, different things to like with their traffic on a quarter to quarter basis. WWE, I mean, they need people in the arenas. Like they want to sell out arenas and that's yeah. going to be a problem from WWE. Will people watch from home? Of course. Will the ratings go up with pay-per-view? Maybe. I, I'm just staying out. I don't want to get in the whole WWE game again. That company drives me nuts. Like, I can't believe how well it's done. <laughs> that move up there, it was just that, in, that was 2017, 18, yeah, going 2019. Yeah. That's, that's what that is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have time to get back into the WWE research game. I'll be I'll waste like 20 hours a week trying to figure that thing out. Um, I, there's not but, enough hours in the week for, for this kind of research. No, but you know what? WWE, it, it's a good thought. And by the way, that Atlanta Braves, that's interesting. That's actually interesting. I don't know if it's a needle mover for that network. Uh, I would imagine it probably is fairly substantial. So I wonder the degree to which that uh, should be looked at. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Can we talk about some – are we done with sports? We're never done with sports, but we can move on to the other big trade that we talked about at the beginning of the show. This is one that you've done that Jordan and I have not yet done. Give us your give us your trade and your thesis, and I'll tell you one I'm not going to do, and the other I'm considering. Okay, so I think the one you're not going to do, we'll see, is uh, this is a reasonably large medium conviction trade for me, and it is part of a. It's part of the. It's part of my vaccine portfolio now. Um, so you know, when I say we say vaccine portfolio, we think we're going to continue to get relatively positive news in the next few weeks on vaccine progress. And just like we did this morning, or last, that vaccine news last night wasn't even good. Yesterday wasn't even good, really. I can't believe it popped the market. Mind blowing. Uh, anyway, uh, Avis. So we all know Hertz is going bankrupt. Uh, a big part of why Hertz is going bankrupt is because. 
uh, the value of their inventory uh, was reduced dramatically, and they have to kind of maintain certain uh, cash, uh, you know, allocations, uh, you know, to to meet uh, debt thresholds. And they I, I think the the tweet that that kind of summed it up best for me was someone said that basically. Hertz is a bank that's in the business of renting cars. They're a financial company. They're not, you know, that's what they do. And they yeah. are very highly leveraged on their inventory. And as soon as the value of those cars drops 1%, they basically have a, a margin call. They have to, they have to fund their debt holders. And that's probably true for all the car rental companies for the most part, right? I mean, that's probably yes. true for all of them. Uh, Avis is the one that looks like it's the one that will be left standing. It's the stronger of the two. They recently raised more money, I believe. They did. And their, book, their books uh, are stronger and less less affected by this kind of ma- massive loan to uh, to inventory ratio and the valuation of the um, underlying cars. Um, but this is why I'm staying out of it. I feel like car rental companies are just dead in the water right now because there's not as much rental going on. And and I know that there is anecdotal evidence of people trying to rent cars and not being able to find them, but I don't think it's because it's so popular. I think it's because they've moved their inventory off into remote parking lots instead of having them easily accessible at the I don't know if that's the case. I, I think I think people are renting for like you'll rent a car to go on a vacation. You do that from like your inner city type um, location, which normally doesn't see as much business. Most of the time it's all at the airports, right? And so right now there's like no business at the airports. And so that's yeah. what worries me. If you increase let's say you double the uh, you know the non busy ones and then you take the busy ones and you cut them by 99%, you, you still end up negative, right? Yeah. And so- Okay, true, true. Shape. But first of all, I, I'd like to throw this out to the Discord community. To the extent, let's let's make sure we put Avis as its own ticker up there. And I would love for people to try to detect the degree to which Avis or Hertz, doesn't really matter, or any of them, were busy at airport locations. We know these guys were sold out all weekend at their, because it was Memorial Day weekend, at, at the inner city locations. But at the airport locations, I would love to get some research to see how they're doing. I have a thesis, of course, on summer travel. Um, I think people are going to travel this summer, uh, not as much as they ordinarily would, but any travel that they do is going to be focused on driving. Now, a lot of times they'll take their own car, but people in cities don't have their own car, a lot of people, right? Uh, A lot of people don't have their own car. A lot of people don't have the type of car they need to travel with. They might have a sports car or this or that, but they want to get a some people have a lease and they don't want to mile up their lease, and so they'll go rent a car. That's right. There's a lot of reasons to rent a car for summer travel. Uh, I think gas prices are really low, and obviously no one wants to get on a plane. So I think we're going to have – okay, will Avis have a better summer than last year? Probably not. Probably not. They might be down No, but their stock price is also down and down in the dumps, so maybe they have some room to go up, right? I'm just staying away from this. They are are toxic to me, and I have no interest in being in a company that I think is going to do terribly for the next six months to a year. Well, I, you know, and Dave, to be fair, I, I, I think I think you're probably you know, have a valid take that the car rental business in general was in a secular decline um, before this. And, and as a general theme, we don't like we, we prefer to go into stronger things that were strong going into this whole, uh, you know, this whole period of time, not things that were weak before it. But that said, I think that uh, I think they're going to have an OK summer. I don't think it's going to be as bad. 
uh, because of people wanting to rent cars for leisure, not for business. The business side of what they do is going to be terrible. Uh, but I think they're going to survive. And I just think Avis being able to survive, I think the way that the debt is structured, it hurts from everything I can tell. Hertz is likely the Hertz uh, debt owners are likely just to sell off divisions of Hertz and then just sell off inventory. Hertz will come out of this. Um, they will be either not around or be acquired by someone or be a significantly smaller company. And that means significantly less competition. And the car rental business is basically set with the amount of cars that roughly the world needs to rent. And when you take that many cars away from it, what you're doing with Hertz, uh, it leaves the big monster in the new game. Avis. By the way, Avis has done a great job the last 20 years. We just try harder. We they just try, try harder. Work harder for <laughs> business. Well, guess what? We tried so hard that the big bad monster hurts. And Hertz was getting really bad. I rent through Hertz all the time. They were really bad the last few years. The big bad guy, they're gone. And listen, the good guy won. I, I, I wish I could work on their marketing came at Avis once you get out of this whole deal, talking about how it all paid off, but we're not going to let go. We're still going to try hard, even though we're the biggest now, right? So um, I think that Avis, if you're an investor and the investment community is going to trade up Avis, rightly or wrongly, based on the perception that they will be able to pick up the Hertz business coming out of this. And that, to me, is a major motivator for investing in Avis today. Because I don't know if Avis is truly going to win a year from now, a year and a half, it'd be as big as people think. But I think there's a perception that Hertz is gone or smaller, and Avis is going to pick up a lot of that market share. Therefore, as soon as things start to look a little brighter, uh, Avis is going to be one of those stocks that comes back ripping hard, okay? Because they are a levered company. That's why they're down. Levered companies are going to trade weaker during unknown times, just like Hertz, okay? But I think when I think there's an opportunity to maybe get a two extra out of Avis from where it is right now. So I'm in Avis. I really like I'm actually, if I wasn't as excited as I am today about GAN, I would be through the roof about Avis. But I can't. you can't get that excited about two things at the same time, right? So like... Can is the lead today, <laughs> but but Avis, I'm actually really excited about. So, Jordan, what do you think? Are you in on this with me or what? Yeah, it might be. I don't know. If it, it's up 14% today, um, which kind of I feel like is a little overdone. Um, if it drops back down, maybe I'll pick up some shares. I'm not too excited about it. I'm kind of with Dave here. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I think there's opportunity with uh, one of the major players going bankrupt. Um, I think they'll pick up some of that um, business. I think, you know, Enterprise will probably pick up, you know, another portion of that business. It's just which one do people have an affinity for? Who does a better job of capturing, um, you know, that void in demand? By the way, uh, when you were talking, my wife walked through the room and, like, saw my shirt and gave me a look. And I just, I, <laughs> I can't wait until this stuff is over. <laughs> what, what she's going to tell me for wearing this shirt. I mean, that was the first thing I said to you when uh, when you... When you walked onto camera, I'm like, what? What? What is that? Is that thing polyester? It looks like it, it is. is. It's like that. It's a velour. It's like that fake velour. It's like a velour material. I mean, literally, about, that, like, like, that was part of a costume, wasn't it? That is not something that no, you just pull out of your everyday closet. This is, this is actually a super legit shirt. I, 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 when I bought the shirt, I bought it for like lounge pool wear, right? And then I realized that I just, I never could really find the right bathing suit that would match 
that would like go like would like match the, the like the power of the shirt, right? So it's I couldn't figure out how to wear it. So it looks really good on a hanger, but not so good when I'm trying to wear it in real life. But it's, now it's, I'm still it's happy. the closest to, to a sports jersey like you had today. It looks like you would need to wear like white polyester pants with it, and so I don't think that's going to work well in a swimsuit. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. All yeah, right. We're getting talk, a lot of comments on the next, though, so. uh, Another trade that I think you guys can maybe get behind uh, a little more. Yeah, I'm definitely not even, getting I don't even know what it is. Tell me what it is. Remind me what the trade is. Oh, this is the one you were talking uh, about earlier? Uh, Johnson Outdoors. Yeah, it's your Johnson big fishing outdoors. trade. Can you, like, pull up their website or something, Dave? Because we can show, show what you, these guys do. Hang on. I'm pulling up their uh, stock chart for you first. And then I'll oh, look at that chart. They're back. It just goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah, you find it on the arm. It's not, it's not a big trade, but I kind I wanted to like, I didn't have like a strong fishing like sector trade. And like, I finally found one in, in, in Johnson and these guys do all kinds of fishing stuff. Right. And I, yeah, the way you, know, you fish this, it, it's like you, you clearly don't know anything about fishing or, and, and I don't either, but the way oh, you fish I this is like, I finally found a fishing company. No, fishing, no, like a public, like fishing is my thing. I love fishing. I take my daughter fishing on Turtle Creek. I have been fishing my whole life. It's my favorite, one of my favorite things to do. But the reality is you don't often have time just to go fishing. And I think I, I see so many people going fishing, talking about fishing. Um, listen, it's. Well, hey, they, they also do think... diving, and they do uh, camping and watercraft as well. So they have a bunch oh, of brands. Eureka Camping. Camping, by the way. Um, also, so that's part of our summer trade, right? It's like part of our outdoor trade. And by the way, we're going to have another outdoor episode, guys. So we just, There's so much to talk about outdoor. I want to I not only dig into Johnson today, but I also got – I bought more shares of Vista Outdoors, which is like my new favorite trade for the summer, uh, for like my outdoor trade for the summer. And I also bought another uh, – what else did I get? I'm looking at my spreadsheet here, guys. Woo! Let's see. Um, what else? Oh, no. So they, they did have some negative news in their last earnings report related to the uh, worldwide pandemic. Fishing revenue had declined 3%. Camping sales decreased 7%. Diving revenue drops 29%. Watercraft recreation sales down 38%. That was before this started, right? <laughs> um, well, it, yeah, and that was it, reported May 5th for the prior uh, three months, so I guess Q1. Um, there are other trades. By the way, I looked into uh, Sportsman's Warehouse. My issue with Sportsman's Warehouse and why I didn't trade it today, like – they have such a like their e-commerce business is still pretty small, and they're all about just expanding their store account, like brick and mortar. I just didn't it just didn't feel right to me. Um, but there were a couple others, and we're talking about them in the Discord. I just don't have them in front of me right now that I haven't pulled the trigger on, but I'm continuing to look at. Uh, I still like our our trades, by the way. Those recreational motorsport trades that we got into a couple weeks yeah, ago. Those are wow. Strong. Those are strong. Sea-Doo. Like the company that's D-O-O-O, if they have Sea-Doo and Can-Am. I think it's called like, I don't know what the name of the actual entity is. Hang on. I, I lost Jordan. I lost Jordan. I know the stock symbol. Right. Jordan, you back? You back? I'm back. Okay. So, uh, but what do you think, man? Jordan, what do you think about Johnson, dude? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I just, you know, 
I think it's a short term bit. I feel like people are going to start to get back to, you know, whatever they're doing. I, I don't, I just don't know. I don't, I don't see a real advantage. I don't think that it's depressed enough to go by. Um, Let me throw another one out. Do you not agree? I mean, it's, you know, I mean, how far is it from? I I bought a little, man. I, 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 I probably won't hold it very long, but let me throw out another one that I think does have some pretty significant upside that I did not buy yet today. I'm looking at it. It's one we traded quite a bit in the past. Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, what do you think about Dick's? Dick's is still off here. They're off pretty significantly uh, from their highs. They hit kind of all the cross-section of everything we're talking about. But they're starting to open up, by the way, again. Bicycles, right? Bicycle, bicycle accessories, fishing, uh, all types of outdoor activities, uh, you know, they just hit everything. And the one negative about dicks is um, they have just sports, like their sports, sports stuff. You know, obviously people aren't doing as much like sports, sports, right? Like, so I don't know, like our old company, Order My Gear, uh, like on that side of dicks business, I don't know if they're going to be doing a lot of team sports business, but and their brick and mortar has been shut down, right, for right. most country for most of the last couple months. Uh, they're just now starting to open up. So you can Look, I don't love investing in brick and mortar type companies. Um, and uh, what is their online presence like? Is it even Oh, legitimate? yeah. No, D- Dix has been scaling up their online okay. for a couple years now. Yeah. And and here's the thing, though. Like, right now— Maybe it's a good rebound play. I, I think Dix is positioned pretty well as part of the outdoor. Listen, well, I have more research to do on Dix. There's at least a 50% chance our Thursday episode is going to be the great outdoors. Okay. Uh, we already did recreational motorsports. Uh, I think I, I, I am. Uh, I am pushing hard for the great outdoors episode on Thursday. If I can convince you and Dave. Hey, so look, somebody mentioned um, Shimano. On the, I just saw it cruise by on my screen a few minutes ago, and that that's actually kind of interesting because they make obviously they make bike parts, right? They make uh, oh. uh, drivetrains and brakes, all sorts of bike parts. Um, they make uh, ski bindings. They make um, apparently fishing stuff, which I had no idea. Um, but they make all sorts of stuff. I mean, that that's a potential. How do we I haven't fish? looked at their I haven't looked at their stock, um, but Dude, I thought that you haven't looked at their stock. They're up like they're up fifty percent. They? They're at all time highs right now, man. Yeah, you missed that one then. What's How the ticker on that? Miss Shimano, man. Okay, that is insane, yeah. Jordan. That's yeah. your world. That's biking, dude, at its core. I think we missed it because I I thought they were already back up to their highs and that we missed it already, but apparently they're just gone ballistic. Okay, so we're going to add that. All right, we have a lot of work to do between now and Thursday. I I know there are a handful of great outdoor trades that we didn't make. They're, they're starting to get lofty. I think there's still some room in some of them like Dix and a few others. I have a lot of work to do between now and Thursday, but that will be our Thursday episode if Dave agrees and if Jordan agrees. The great outdoors. No, I'm, I'm all in on the great outdoors, and I can tell you that the other one that we didn't mention the uh, that we've talked about a lot in the past, that little bike company out of Canada, Dorel Industries. I bought $30,000 of that stock. What is it at now? Uh, it's at three seventy. Oh, I have more than doubled my money in like a month on that stock. That was again. That came from Dumb Money Discord. That not it was before Discord. No, no, it came we, from Dumb Discord. Money comments. That was that was purely yeah. from the chat. I think Dur- during these live shows, all the chatters have great ideas. 
They, guys, they, you guys that are watching out there, you guys are amazing. And I'm telling you, like, if you're young and you're trying to figure – I have people all the time that are like, hey, that are good friends of mine or people I do business with. They're like, I just want to come sit with you all day and see what you do. I'm like, you don't have to do that. Just get on the Discord channel. Like, you just have to be there with us through the channel. You don't have to sit next to me. You'll learn – 10 times more just getting in that Discord channel. If I had, could you imagine if we had something like this Discord channel 15 years ago when we were trading? Like, we had nothing. Like, and, and you we know, like, a lot never of seen stock, you. you would have been locked you up know, in your room just typing. Oh, you would never see. Thank God this didn't exist because I would literally have not had a life. Um, my, my wife hates me right now. I'm on this stupid thing, like, day and night. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this. This Discord channel is such a wealth of information that we were even talking about. We need to keep it tight and clean and quality. Um, I don't want to like open this up to another 50,000 people that would completely destroy it. Um, I think we have a really good group of quality people. We need to do something, Dave, to start rewarding with status or something, the people that are being active and coming up with great ideas. We have so, to figure out anytime someone comes – if someone comes up, if someone sources – like an amazing idea that ends up being a killer idea. They need to get like some trophy so, so status, right? We're gonna have like, we're gonna have a special role set up for people who basically have brought a winning idea to us. That will be like the highest level honor that you can get on the channel. And then for the people who are active on our YouTube chat, we're gonna also have a kind of most active category. I have a bot, I think, trying to keep track of who's uh, leaving comments during our live shows, and those people will be uh, if your YouTube account is synced up to your. It's, this this is all new to me. I think that I can do that. So um, we will but have Dave, some, also some ways. People of... that are contributing on the research because guys, the research is so important. Listen, the research is everything. People people always say, "How much time do you spend trading?" I'm like, trading. That's like thirty seconds a day. I spend trading. I spend for every hour. For every minute I spend trading, I spend eight hours doing research. And that's what the Discord channel is all about. It's not about day trading. It's not yeah. about coming in and out of positions. We're not in and out. We're, we're longer no. term, but it, looking looking for information edges. So like yeah. once that information is out, that's when we sell. Well, the social ARB trading cycle could be as short as days, and it could be as long as months or theoretically years. Um, but – it's more about the research, right? And, and so we have people that are really contributing. We want to like call you out. It's going to take us some time to figure this out, but but we need to keep this community tight um, and quality because right now I can barely keep up with everything, and it's really high quality. Yeah, we, we might we might have to stop giving out the uh, invites quite as freely <laughs> and just allow um, our existing members to invite people instead of instead of broadcasting dumbmoney.tv slash Discord, which is a way to get in right now without. Having any yeah, kind and of... then just let people invite. But at this point, if you're watching us on YouTube, you probably are at least interested enough. And I think I think it's a great community. It's amazing. I'm like, I'm bl I'm blown away, and it takes a lot to blow me. Away. I mean, I've been I mean I've been in deep in investing communities from back in the day of Investor Village. Remember, 15, 20 years ago. To obviously, we're investor. I'm an investor in StockTwits. I'm a big fan of. Uh, of Howard that started StockTwits, and I'm an investor in the platform, and I absolutely love it. Um, I, you know, I have premium memberships to Seeking Alpha and all that stuff. And by the way, we have uh, in our Discord channel, if you want, we have in our research, in our, excuse me, in the tools section, you'll see like similar web, web stats. 
I have premium subscriptions to some of these things. And, and like I can pull web stats going back 18 months. If you want me to pull uh, web stats on a company, and I, I think I don't see everything, but if you just like call it out to my name and say, Chris, can you please pull this for the channel under the research section um, and just call it out to my name, I'll try to pull it and I'll tell you where that company is year over year for the past month or two um, in terms of web traffic. I'm also considering, guys, I'm considering getting a uh, uh, premium subscription to uh, App Annie data as well, which is yeah. not cheap. Um, and I'm going to look into doing that. I recently reached out to one of my buddies uh, it, who's probably the most brilliant and uh, well-versed data guy on all of Wall Street, works for one of the largest funds on Wall Street, about anything that he thought would be good uh, for me as a personal trader uh, to subscribe to anything that he's seen in the last few months. He gave me a few ideas. I'm in the pro currently vetting them. So, uh, you know, if I have access to it, I'll do the work. I'll, I'll put the data in there for the whole Discord group. But, um, yeah, keep, keep doing what you're doing, guys. It's it's absolutely amazing. Amazing. Shimano. Jordan, how do you miss Shimano? That's you. You're on your I, didn't, I, looked, I, looked, I looked it up. I you looked have it one up. job. I looking it up specifically, and I thought – because I was only thinking bikes at the time. I didn't, I didn't realize they did fishing stuff. Who knew? Um, but I thought I thought that that was already priced in, and I didn't see, think. See, I know they have fishing stuff too, but like I knew I know them primarily as as bike, and, and but I for some reason I didn't think they were publicly traded either. I, well, I think it's an ADR. We looked for it. We it's a short's an ADR, yeah, but we looked for it. Um, and maybe I saw it. It was too thinly traded. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, remember why, but I did. I do remember I did look at it, and I passed for some reason, which apparently was a bad choice. Bad choice. <laughs> but you are in on that Canadian uh, oh. bicycle, the Schwinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That turned out to be one good trade. Um, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking through my portfolio, making sure there's nothing else of interest that I want to mention before we get off the call. Oh, I told you I got in Yeti, right, last week? You know? No. You got in Yeti. Part of that great outdoors trade. We'll talk more about that. There's also some other other outdoor trades that I'm researching. I can't wait for this episode on Thursday. It's going to be a really good one. Um, by the way, for those of you all talking about Mark, M-A-R-K, it's like it's like the penny stock version of FLIR for thermal imaging. That company is <laughs> up like 400%. It's insane. That's it. I that is insane. Mark. I bought it. I'm so glad. I was like, am I going to buy this thing? This is like... This is oh no I don't have enough of it I have such a small amount now I'm embarrassed to say how small amount I have for me but um, I do have Mark the thing is up going up every day I, I'm worried about it because I, I just don't trust it it's too small of a company and I still like Fleer all right anything else today guys are we gonna like start doing work for Thursday's episode I think we have to start doing work for Thursday's episode and as always I have to actually look at my portfolio because I never have time to do it the day of a show I I, I just you know. I, I feel get I get so far behind. But we do have to remind you to smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm, subscribe and hit the bell with all those notifications turned on so you'll know that we're on because we don't always know when we're going to be on. But we will be on this Thursday. Uh, if you podcast, we podcast too. You can listen to our live show, review us on uh, the Apple podcast. I would love to get more reviews there. Um, join us on Discord, dumbmoney.tv slash Discord. We'll get you an invite right now. Um, and that's it. That's all I have. How about you? Dave, you're gonna you're gonna go buy a little Avis now? Well Avis? I'm definitely not buying Avis. Are you are you on crack? No, definitely not. 
That is the word. I can't wait for you to do well in that. I love it when I'm wrong and somebody makes money. I just, hey, I it's not going to be me. I also get Expedia today because of their, for some odd reason in my head, I, I thought that Booking.com owned, um, well, I don't think they owned uh, HomeAway and, and VRBO, but it's Expedia yeah. that owns Expedia. them. Fortunately, Booking.com is up huge today anyway. But I bought Expedia too. Anyway, that's it for me. I got a lot of work to do. I'll be on Discord the rest of the day. <laughs> I will I will drop in. I'm mainly gonna be catching up on my own stuff today. 214 Interactive just subscribed. Terrence, thanks for watching. <laughs> that's one of that's awesome. one of uh, thanks, our buddies. Guys. And we will see you guys uh, bright and early on Thursday. This is Dumb Money Live.